The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome back to the show. It's David Isaac. This is Hoop Ball Grizz. I'm getting sick of talking about losses. I'm getting sick of talking about crappy defense. I do. These games are tough. I, I really... I don't have a ton to say about tonight. I've got stuff I'm going to say, but I'm not going to repeat a lot of the same stuff that we talk about on every show because when they lose, they lose for the same reasons. And I feel like we're a broken record whenever it comes to this. Final score of the game tonight, 119 to 94, but that's not even like that's way closer than this game was. The Grizzlies were never in this game. They got destroyed tonight. Yeah, uh, tough, man. One and two homestand. Um, lose 119 to 94 tonight. And we get us out like a broken record when we come on here, man. Uh, can't get stops, can't make shots. It's a bad combination. And tonight it was it was really bad. I mean, I think, and I've come on here show after show and said that I, I feel like they're going to get this together. Uh, the personnel's not changed so much to where you're going to go from where they were last year to where they are now. And you think Dylan Brooks is going to help this, uh, but he's not going to be a cure-all. And, you just think this team should be better than this defensively, but I mean, the sample size is getting bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. So, and it's, and tonight, I think sometimes, I mean, it was just a lack of effort tonight. I mean, every time where you just see, I mean, the body language is not good. I mean, it was just Chris Paul was just getting wide open, just coming to like floaters in a lane, just wide open to the basket. Um, and, and it's just tough to watch at times. Um, and then tonight and all year when, when they can't score, they're in trouble. I mean, they're, they're, they can't score enough when they, when they can't get consistent scoring, they really struggle uh, to, to stay in game. Cause I mean, you, you go back to the Charlotte game, they were up double digits and they, they missed three or four shots here in a row. And next thing you know, you look up there down 13, 14 points. And, and that's what happened. Teams run off on them because they just can't get stopped consistently. And if they can't continue to score and keep enough points up to, to, to make up for that difference. I mean, they, they get ran off on and Phoenix, from the jump was able to come out and, and take a man of this game and, and, and never look back. And it's just tough to watch, man, but they got to get this fixed or I, I predicted 45 wins before the season started, man. They're not going to be anywhere near that. This is going to be a, a lottery team if they continue to play defense like this. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know that there's been a team that is this bad at defense that's made the playoffs ever like period that this is, you can't be at the bottom of the league. No, and, there's and been some bad ones, but, but not like this. No. Yeah, and it's, you know, one one thing that gets to me, and, and Coach Jenkins mentioned it tonight, he's like, you're not going to win when you're only shooting 38% from the field. But let me ask you something, man. How many games are we going to listen to that? How many games yeah. are we, well, you're not going to you're not going to win much if you're only shooting 30. Why? Why in the hell are we only shooting 38% from the floor? We, the Grizzlies, I'm obviously not on the team, but – you can't keep saying, yeah, we know, we we as fans, we as people that, that cover this team, we're, aware, we're well aware that you're not going to win many games shooting 38% from the floor, but what the hell's going on that you're only shooting 38% from the floor? Was Phoenix defense so good that you only shot 38% from the floor? Nope, that's not it. Was a previous game where, you know, like you go back and you look at the times that they've shot bad from the floor, do you give all the credit to the opposing team's defense? No, you, you can't. You can't do that. It, that's not the truth. And it, it, I was gonna say, and this is supposed to be a this is a playoff team last year. It's not like this is a lottery team and, and they're just struggling. This team is supposed to be better than that. So even when you're going up against a Phoenix, one of the top teams in the West, you should be able to do better than what better effort than what they put up tonight. I mean, you don't 
a playoff team shouldn't lose 119 to 94 on your home floor. That just should not happen. I mean, you're going to have off nights, but this is, I got some, some stats that, that, that I'll talk about a little bit later, but you shouldn't be getting blown out like this consistently. And outside, they have six losses, and outside of the Lakers loss, uh, they've gotten blown out pretty much in double-digit losses at all of those games. Mm-hmm. And they're 6-6, six and six, and it's huge swings from, from what they do in wins and what they do in losses. And this is just not something that you see. And, and you talk about Coach Jenkins, he, and he does. He just comes to these press conferences after the game and just kind of says the same thing. Oh, well, we know what we got to do. Uh, we shot 30-plus 30, 30 percent per night, and, and you're not going to win games like that. But what are you going to do to fix it? Like, what, is, what are the solutions that we never hear that? You just hear the same story. Like, oh, well, we got to get together. We just got to be better. We know that you got to be better. We can see that 119-94 losses. Yes, you got to be, be better than that. But what are the answers? And, and that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's not enough to tell me like just like you said, we we know that you have to be better. What what are you doing to get there? Yeah, and and why why after twelve games into the season? Yes, it's an eighty two game season. You've got a long way to go. There's still time to correct this. It's not a lost cause. They're the second youngest team in the league. They're five hundred. And no, the sky is not falling. No, it's not, you know, like this is not worst case scenario. Six and six is not a terrible place to be. But the issue that I have, and and I think the majority of Grizzlies fans have with the six and six record are the games that you're talking about. Those big, nasty, ugly blowout losses where it just looks like they are not interested. And to me, yes, some of that falls on the players, but at some point, you got to hold the coaching staff accountable. It's their job to try and rally these players. It's their job to get them ready and get them prepared and try to get them to buy in from the from the word go and make, you know, like just look better on the floor. And, and they're not doing that. In these games that they lose, like you, you mentioned earlier about body language, go and watch just portions of the game, of the games where they lost big as compared to the Lakers game the game that they they didn't lose it big they could have won that game and i say just that lakers game because that wasn't a loss but the body language was different it, it was not you know like the the portland game this game and and a number of others already this season it's like these guys just check out they get down big and it's like mm, all right cool i'm gonna take the night off and, and you can't do that and i think that Again, some of that is on the players, but I think that Jenkins and his coaching staff have to do a better job of when these guys, when they get to that, when they get to that point where it looks like that, you know, you see a change in that body language, you've got to find something to fire them back up because you look at the Minnesota game that they ended up forcing the overtime. They were down big in that game and they were able to come back. They were down big in that game late, like five minutes left in the game. Down 14. And they yeah. were able to fight their way back in that game. So it, it's there. It's in them. You've got to do something. It's your job to find what it is that motivates them and drive them to the victory. And that's what, to me, that's where coaches, because let's be honest, at the NBA level, these guys are the best of the best. There's not a whole lot that you're going to teach them about the game necessarily. This team is young. So there's, you know, there's stuff that they can learn, obviously, but when you see your team like making that shift to where they're kind of conceding the game, you've got to be able to find something to keep them motivated. And and if I had one, you know, big critique on Jenkins and the staff, that would be it. I feel like they lack the ability to get these guys fired up when they're down like that. 
Yeah, I mean, we've just seen it too much. I mean, all teams, even if you're Phoenix or the top teams of the West, Milwaukee and teams, they're gonna you're gonna have nights where you just don't have it. But when you're consistently seeing, as we've seen this, they're six and six through 12 games into the season. In five of those six losses, we've seen this. This is what we've seen. I have the stats here. In in the five losses, you take out the Lakers game. Uh, in the five losses outside of that, uh, they've lost by an average of 21.8 points. Um, and they and, and they 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 only scored 97.6 points in, in those five losses. In their six wins, they've averaged 115.8 points. So that's like a 18 point swing in their six wins from from those five losses outside of the Lakers game. So that's a that's an 18 point differential uh, in scoring from wins to losses. I mean that's a massive massive swing. And again, that goes back to the point that we just made. Like why are they so unmotivated? Some nights when you just take a punch and don't respond, and and you can blame the players for that, but eventually some of that has to go in the coaching staff. You can't just keep saying, oh, well, I didn't like our effort tonight. We can't make shots. We didn't play defense, but why? Why did they come out unmotivated? Why did you let a team come out and jump on you and get a 15-point lead and you can't respond? Why does that keep happening? Eventually, you have to find out what you have to do to stop that from happening. I mean, you can't just come in a press conference and say that every time this happens and you look up at the season and you're way below 500, you just said, oh, well, I didn't like our effort. I mean, eventually, especially for a team that we've seen have success. I mean, this team, basically the same personnel, and we expected it possibly could be even better defensively a little bit. Hasn't been that so far. But a team that we've seen had success, like, I, this shouldn't be happening right now. I know you, you're missing Dylan Brooks, but, and, and I'm definitely got some thoughts on that, but again, man, you just can't keep doing this. I mean, you can lose games, but the, the problem this year in five of those six losses, the way they're losing it and the way their body language and, and how these losses happen. Yeah, and, you know, we, we mentioned veterans, and Brevin Knight last year, he was talking about this this team needs a playing veteran. Playing veteran, yeah. And, you know, when they got Steven Adams, I'm like, man, he's been on winning teams. Maybe he's going to be that guy, but I don't think that he is. I, you know, it, it doesn't appear like he is going to be that guy. Man. And it is, it's early. I know it's, it's only yeah. 12 games into the season, but you've got to have somebody to step up into that role. And, you know, we're, we're year three of Ja, and it's, he does that to a certain extent. Yeah, but, he, but, that, but that's not, that's he, not him. He's, still he's not going to be that guy. He does it more with on the floor with his personality yeah. and infectious and his energy mm-hmm. that he brings. But as far as being that guy that's going to step up in the locker room, I think he'll get better at, better at that. And I'm not saying he's not a leader because I feel like on the floor, he, he's, he's a great leader uh, to yeah. be, a, be a young guy. But I don't think he, personality-wise, that guy is just going to jump on guys in the locker room. Uh, I, I don't think that's him. And I think JV was probably one of those guys in his locker room. And I don't know if they have that guy. Dylan is probably the, the closest thing that they have to that. But – I think they need some some older guys, like some some veterans, like you said, like Brevin said when we had him here on the program, to to kind of police the locker room and force it. When you see the body language bad, get on these guys. Yeah. Even again, I mean, you go back to to Jay Crowder, mm-hmm. uh, a guy they had on his roster. He's much maligned. I mean, fan bases, you love him or you hate his time here. But a guy like that, I think would would pay dividends for this team. They just need some someone in their locker room, and I don't know if they have that guy right now. And I think that might be part of the problem. Yeah, and that's 
I mean, I, I don't know where you were going. I, like, I think you were just mentioning Jay Crowder because what he was able to do, you know, like he's not necessarily a guy that I think they need to go back after to get on this roster. Oh, and that's, oh no, you know, like but it's just, I just meant that that kind of guy that yeah. that guy that, that's going to be vocal in the locker room, a guy that's been around, not a guy that's a two, three, four year player, a guy that's eight, nine years in the league that's kind of been through some of these battles and and mm-hmm. kind of has that cred that he can go in the locker room and the guys will guys will listen to him. I think this is mostly a young team. They're 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 kind of real friends with each other, and there's not I don't think. A guy, like I said, I think Dylan is probably the closest thing they have to that, but I don't know if any of these guys are just going to go and like jump on guys when, when they're struggling. It's just, I just don't know if they have that. And I think that's one problem on this team. I think they need to go out and find at least one or two guys that can, can do that. And, and I think it, it's tough to, to have a lot of success without having those guys. Most of the time, even young teams, they'll have a couple of guys like that. And, and right now this team doesn't have that. Steven Adams is not going to be that which we kind of thought he was, and it doesn't seem like that so far this season, then I, I don't know where you turn to that for, for that. But you need that motivation to come from the coaching staff as well. Uh, that, I mean, they got to play their part in that as well. And, uh, again, man, just when you listen to their comments after these losses, it just doesn't seem like that's the case. Yeah, I'm – I, I had somebody in mind, but, you know, I mean, the fact they, they didn't go out and get a veteran. And we know that development is – what they're after right now. They want to see these young guys develop. And that's, that's why you move Grayson Allen. And, you know, some people think that moving Grayson Allen wasn't necessary in order to develop Bain and Melton. And I can understand that point. I think that you could very well give Melton and Bain uh, plenty of time with Grayson Allen here, but it's a small market team. You need assets and I'll, I'll cling to that forever, man, that you, he was not part of the long term. They, yeah, they weren't going to give him that contract, yeah, the, that extension that he got in Milwaukee. They were yeah. same thing with JV, and and I said this earlier. It, it is not, and I don't want people to think that I, on Twitter I was saying that they missed JV, and I don't want people to think that I'm saying that they shouldn't have made the move. I understand exactly <laughs> why they made the move. They weren't going to pay him. You open up space for John. John wouldn't be doing what he's doing right now if, if JV was still there. But what I'm saying is that when you see them struggling in his half court offense last year. When, when this happened, they just dump it into JB, he go give you the basket. And they don't have that right now. Steven Adams is not that guy. And when they can't get in transition, they're really struggling to score because they don't have that that guy that you can just dump it down to. Jock can create and get to the basket. But outside of that, they just really struggle to score. And they really miss that because they don't have that guy right now. But again, they, in hindsight, whatever, they still made the right move. I mean, yeah. I understand why they, they moved JB. And it wouldn't have made any sense for him to keep him here because they weren't going to give him a contract that New Orleans gave him, uh, but they do miss him. And there's, there's no doubt about that. And they miss him a little bit more than I thought they would. And that was, you know, that was my response. You know, when you said that, I'm like, uh, because it's been an ongoing argument, you know, between Grizzlies fans, people that supported JV, people that were okay with this trade, people that were not okay with this trade. And I, if you listen to this podcast for any length of time, you know how I feel about JV and what he brought to this team. Yeah, I love it. it was one of my and, favorite players yeah. on the team. But I, I even I mentioned this at the beginning of the season of how, you know, JV was that guy. He was the anchor whenever they could not, when they hit a, a tough streak and they couldn't get a basket, they could just give it to him. And I was worried that they didn't have a guy on the roster that could be that guy. And early and it's on, showing. It's they, showing they don't, you know, and that is, you know, you and I t- talked about that at length 
preseason before we got rolling here and, and it's rare in his head. So that, that's something, this is growing pains. And I, I preached this and preached this and preached this last year. And I don't want to have to, I pray that I don't have to do it all year this year, but young team developmental. And, and I'm, this is not me conceding saying lean into the tank. I had a good conversation with my buddy Brandon earlier. We were talking actually during this game and he's like, how are they down this much to, to Phoenix? They're looking like the magic out there. And I'm like, no, dude, it, it's not. It's not the same thing. I expect the magic to be bad. They're in a full rebuild. The Grizzlies are technically still in a rebuild, but this was a playoff team last year. Yeah. You know, it, the, this is not the same as the magic getting blown out by 26 points because this team has expectations. This team should be better than the Magic. They should be better than getting, you know, beat by 20, what is that, six, 25 points? 25, now. yeah. Yeah, 24, 20. Yeah, 24. Only scored 94 points yeah, to like you, I mean, that's rough. You, you can't do that. And so they, they've got to figure that out. I, You know, and, and Jenkins is not a guy that does this a lot, so I, I don't expect this to happen. But more than anything – I want to see them change this starting lineup. And I want either – I want it to be Brandon Clark. I'm, I'm just going to be yeah. blunt. I want, I want it to be – I think – yeah. If, if, they, if they do, I think, it'll, I think it'll be Kyle. But I, I, I know where you're going, but I, I'd prefer for it to be Brandon too. Yeah, because I like Kyle off of the bench as another playmaker. Whenever – when Tyus's shot is not falling – that that the offense for the second unit struggles. So having a guy like Kyle that can create for other people, yeah. boost that to the second basket. unit. You yeah. know, your second unit, if you have Kyle, Tyus, and DeAnthony Melton in it, that's pretty damn solid. That that's a that's a solid second unit right there. And I, I would love to see them start Ja, Bain, Dylan, Brandon, and Jaron and see yeah. what happens. It it is it is a developmental season. And while I think that Steven Adams does a lot of good things, his ability to pass from the high post, he came in at one point in the game and he got the ball and he hit Bain on a cut. Like he was in the high post, he hit Bain for a cut and a layup. It was a fantastic post. It was something that Jaron doesn't have in his game right now. So that there's things that Adams can do on the floor that are extremely valuable for this team. Rebounding being one of those things, which he done pretty well tonight. He pulled down 10 rebounds, six offensive, four defensive rebounds. But if it's going to be developmental, commit to that shit. Like, lean into it, and let's see if Brandon Clark, who we thought was going to be a cornerstone piece of this team moving forward, let's see if he is. Let's see if he can be that guy. Give him that opportunity. He, he showed flashes. We, we've seen him do good things. And, and the switchability on defense with him on the floor, man – I'm I'm fully convinced that his three point shot is just broke. He just needs to stick to the inside. Yeah, yeah. I don't honestly I don't, I just, like it. Looked like the first season, it looked like he was going to be a guy that could knock down a couple four year game, but I, I just think that's gone. I don't I don't know what's up with that, that shot, form, but yeah, man. yeah. He just doesn't doesn't just stay on the inside, man. We don't yep. need you out there shooting threes anymore, and that's fine. I mean, he, they have we have guys on this team that can shoot threes. That's not necessarily what they need from man. Be that energy guy on the inside. Get those tips. Get those big rebounds. That's Get, what you need for them. And, yeah. yeah, and and I, I really do. Like you said, I think they need to lean into that. And I think even at times, I think Stephen Adams is a guy who I think should be situation-based. You want to be against a Jokic or Joel Embiid and guys like that. Play him outside Tomorrow of that. Night I think, against JV. Yeah. 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 
I, I think outside of that, I think I might even get Tillman more minutes. You start start Brandon Clark. I mean, because Adams is not going to be a, a long term piece for this team. That's just kind of a spot holder right now mm-hmm. uh, until they decide which direction they're going to go or was Jaron's going to be the long term five. Adams is not going to be here. So if you if you go in development, I mean, play the guys that you're trying to develop. I mean, you're not developing Adams. Adams is veteran, been here a long time, been in the league a long time, and not a guy that's going to be here long term that has anything to do with your future. So Brennan Clark should be getting minutes. Xavier Tillman should be getting minutes on his team. And if you're going to criticize another thing, if you're going to criticize Jenkins for anything, man, it's the rotation, man. John Contrar, we'll be playing 24, 24 minutes, minutes tonight, but that's just ridiculous, man. Like, I, I don't even know what to say about that anymore. I'm tired of coming on here talking about it because it's just going to happen. I mean, that's just what's going to happen. Contrar is going to get his 15-plus minutes tonight, and that's just what's going to happen. I don't know why it is, and you got guys like, BC and Tillman sitting on the bench and he's getting 24 minutes. Why? Like it's playing to me like I'm three, man. I don't, I don't, I don't get that one, but it, it is what it is, man. I, I guess there's always going to be a, a guy in this rotation that we asking, like, why is this guy getting so many minutes? It's last year was Grayson at times, even though Grayson is turned into a fantastic player, man. Had a big, hit a big shot tonight for Boston uh, to, to tie the game. I mean, for, for uh, against Boston for Milwaukee to tie the game tonight, but there were times last year where, he continued to play him over Melton when he was struggling, and we were kind of scratching our head about that. It was like John Conchar is that guy this year. It's like it's always going to be a, be a guy in that role. But, again, man, they – because Conchar, again, Conchar is not a guy that's going to be anything more than what he is now. It's not like you're developing him. I mean, he's yeah. a bottom-of-the-roster guy, a guy that guys get injured. He can come in and play some minutes for you. But he shouldn't be in a rotation on, on, a, on, a, on a top playoff, on a playoff team, top 10 of your rotation, unless their guys are hurt. I mean, that's the only – Reason he should be playing, man. So play Brandon Clark, play Tillman, get these guys in because I mean, and you need to find out about those two guys. Like you got to make a decision at some point, and you can't properly evaluate them if they're not playing. I mean, I know you see what they're doing in practices and everything like that, but both of those guys are good enough to be on the floor. See what you have on them, and if you make a decision on them, come to the deadline, they could be a guy that you could add with some other guys in a trade to move to, to something that you can something that you can use assets or, or player that you can use going forward yeah yeah 100 percent, man i i don't get it i was going to mention the conchar thing but you done it for me so i don't really have anything to man, add to that 24 just, minutes man that yeah, is i echo every melton played 17 and melton was struggling tonight he had four turnovers that's not like him you know somehow he's actually trouble. plus six plus minus though but <laughs> if you believe it like i said plus minus is not always true tail conchar is somehow plus six but yeah, and well, that's you know he was negative, playing but... he was playing in the garbage minutes and you know Sam yeah. and them were cooking so that's why, you know it, it's there, there's going to be weird stuff that we can't answer. You know, you, you look at Ja Ja had another good game, ascended twenty six points. Yeah, double double with rebounds, first one yeah, of, oh. of rebounds this year. Yeah, dude, I was looking, I was like, was that he had twelve assists? But no, that's rebounds. So twenty six, yeah. twelve, and six from him, but. Here's the thing with Ja, and this is something I, I've talked about in previous losses. I'm going to look at this before our next show. They play again tomorrow night in New Orleans, so we're, we're back tomorrow night with a post game. Lord willing, I don't know what my on-call schedule is going to do last weekend. It was bonkers, but um, we'll see. So he, he had five turnovers tonight, and and that's something like he's got to clean that up. And, and yeah, high usage guys – you know, guys like, you know, you look at the league, James Harden, Devin Booker before Chris Paul got there. Guys that are high usage guys are going to have turnovers. But 
they they've got to take care of the ball, especially when they're not getting stops. This, yeah, there was a bad year, one yeah, tonight for sure. Yeah. But you know, he's kind of he's falling off a little bit, even though you know 26, 12, and six is not a bad game. Ja's first five games, he was 13 for 32 from three, shooting 41%. And we're like, okay, all right, Ja's gonna be knocking down to three. He's gonna be lethal this year. The last seven games, including tonight, 24% from three. So what's yeah, the true I mean, jaw? You know, like that that's uh, you know, you, you look at the, the Grizzlies tonight were seven for thirty-three from three. Ja only took two of those, you know, it was one for four from Bain, two for six from Jaron, one for three from Melton, and then, you know, quite a few offers in there. But we knew, like, he was playing at a crazy high level. Oh, yeah, he was like MVP level the first yeah. few games. You, you knew that was going to tailor off some. Uh, I mean, I, I, thought, I thought he was going to have a big year, but I didn't think he was going to do what he was doing then consistently. I mean, it's crazy to be sitting here talking about a guy that, had 26 and 12 um, and six assists, two steals to say he didn't have a great game. But, uh, I mean, he has fallen off some. And, and, and some of those things, some of those stats are in, in garbage garbage time. Like, he got some of those points late in the game when the game was kind of over. Cause, and, and, and what they, why why were those guys still in the game? The same thing with Phoenix. You had Chris Paul. Yeah, I tweeted out about that, game. dude. I'm like, five minutes in the game. And it, it's a 30-point game with five minutes left in the game. And Chris Paul, Mikel Bridges, and Jay Crowder were still out there. Why? Do you want somebody to get injured? Because in a game like this, that's how you get somebody injured. When you get a blowout and, and you know, the, the tempers were not really flaring in this one. This was not like a huge rivalry, I hate you type game. But in a blowout game, you're still running your starters. I don't get it, man. That's, you know, yeah. Tillman and Merrill and Aldama, Pons, those guys should have had eight or ten minutes tonight yeah. because of the score of this game. And that's – you know, again, it's a, it's a rotation, so, you know, Jenkins. and But it was, you know, Monty was doing the same thing over there with, with the Phoenix roster. So, I don't know, man. I, and, well, I was going to say, one thing I do want to say for, for Ja is he kept playing tonight. Even when they were blown out, he was out there. He was like, well, I'm, I'm out here. I'm going to play hard. He was playing hard. Things weren't always going great for him. But he was still giving max effort. So, I, I was kind of glad to see that uh, tonight. He, he never quit, even though they were down – 30 plus points, man. He was still out there, out there trying hard. So, and I think sometimes he tries a little bit too hard. I think he feels like he has to do everything at times. And I think that causes some of the turnovers because sometimes he'll force his way into the lane, get in bad spots and have to try to pass the ball out and end up turning it over. That's kind of where some of his turnovers come from, but you definitely, you don't want to see that number up at five, six, seven a game. And that's kind of what you've been seeing of late. And you want to cut that number down a little bit. I mean, he's going to have turnovers because he's such high usage. And he does all these crazy moves and tries tries all these tough passes. So he's gonna have some, but the, that that number is a little bit too high. So it's six assists, five turnovers. You don't want that ratio. You want to be a little bit better on the assist side to to the turnover side. Yeah. Also, I don't want to hear anybody else talk about Tyus and his assist to turnover ratio for the rest of the year because <laughs> my man was on fire early, and then now he's God, had like five turnovers in the last. Yeah. Well, how many did he have tonight? I know he had one. So he, he he's had more in the last two games than he's had all all season. So man, they were all like just everybody was throwing the ball all over the place tonight. Mm -hmm. Like I don't know, well, it was just a lack of focus from the beginning. Like I could tell from tip, I was like, this is not going to be pretty tonight. I, I I could just I could when when I saw what Chris Paul was doing and they were knocking out Jay Crowder came out knocking down two threes. I was like, man, they're about to get blown out of here. I just didn't like the body language from the Grizzlies. The focus wasn't there. I mean, they were taking bad shots. It was, it was just rough, man. I, it was hard to watch at times. Like I, I didn't, I never turned it off, but 
it, it was hard to watch. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's, you know, the games like this, that's why, man, I feel for my guy, Lyle, he, he covers the Pelicans. Oh and man. You know, I think about that one in 11. Yeah. And, and those guys one are, twelve now. Yeah. They, they have just gotten thumped. And, you know, they came back in their game. They were down big and they cut it to, I think one with maybe two minutes to go, but I think they, they ended up losing 120 to 114. but they, they, they made a, made a rally at it. Did they? And they've had, you know, Zion's not healthy. Brandon Ingram has missed some time. They, they've got a lot going on down there. And so, you know, you've got to hold on to that positive. But, you know, covering a team and dealing with, Man. you know, like that type of beating, got to be brutal for him. That's uh, yeah, early in the season. Was it? Uh, Man, I don't even know. It's all running together. Jay was here two years ago. So early in the season two years ago, you know, the Grizzlies started off kind of rough. They got that first win against Brooklyn. And then there were there was some like a stretch there where it was really tough to get on here and talk about this team because you don't you don't want to get on here and be like the same stuff over and over and you know it's beating the same yeah, like a broken record. Like that's kind of what we're sounding yeah. like now. They're six and six, but lately it just seems like we're coming over here saying the same thing. I mean, just not making shots, not playing defense, next night, same thing. I mean, it, it is tough to I can't even imagine, man. One in twelve, they have to come on and do a show after every game when you get to get your 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 brains beat in every night like that. That's tough. Uh, I mean, I think about that all the time. I'm like, man, that's tough to allow. I, I feel for him. Yeah. So we're gonna reel it back in. We got a little sidetrack there. Shout out to our guy Lyle. If you're a Pelicans <laughs> fan, you're listening to the show. We appreciate it. I, I don't know why you're listening to our show, but thanks. But definitely go ahead and give Lyle a listen. He's a very, very yeah. sharp guy, a nice guy. Yeah, love him. Awesome. for him to, to make that trip. He said that uh, when when the gates open back up, he's going to make a trip over here and, and fly into New Orleans and catch a game down there and then come up and catch a game in Memphis. So can't wait to meet oh, him. Oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. Be a good time. But, man, let, let's talk about Dylan a little bit before we get out of here. And, you yeah. know, his first came back, came back, looked solid, looked like Dylan, you know, put up 20 points. He was, you know, taking his shots. We know that Dylan is going to take those shots. So Jenkins <laughs> said that they were going to handle this similar similar to the way that they handled Jaron Jackson. Oh, man, getting, getting, that, getting pissed in the, off. <laughs> in the same, in the same, the exact, like – the same series of questions, not even like early, like not pregame and then postgame, and the same damn series of questions. He says, you know, the good thing is it's early. We haven't hit our stride yet. Then start him. I got to go back <laughs> and edit that out. I'm sorry, bro. But, like, start him. Start 100%. Him. You, you can't – you cannot throw it – like, you can't sit there and say, oh, well, we haven't hit our stride yet. We have like – yeah, we know. We're watching. We see the defense is terrible. We're watching all of these things. He's your best point of attack defender. Yeah, so, so exactly. So play Dylan. <laughs> yeah, just start him. Why? Why do you need to? So you you wanted to give him like you want him to play against New Orleans. You didn't care if he played for this one because of the back to back. You want to manage it that way. That's fine. But when he's playing, start him. That's what he's going to do. That's going to be his role. He's not going to be coming off of the bench. He's going to be a starter. Just starting from the gate, like, boom, the drop. You, you hadn't hit your stride yet. You're not messing anything up by starting him. Just let it rip. Yeah, man, I, I have some strong feelings on this. I know you know about – I talked about this this all last year. So anyone that listens to the podcast here or, or follows me on Twitter knows my thoughts on, on how 
this front office handle, handles injuries. I mean, this front office has done a lot of, lot of good. So I'm not not jumping on them for anything outside of, of, of the way that they handle injuries. And it, it's just weird, man. Uh, you go back to last year and we saw this, how they hold guys out. I mean, guy, a guy could get a hangnail for, for the Grizz and be out two weeks. I mean, that's just how they handle this. And I, I go back to the Jaron thing. Uh, and he came, when he came back, like a, a lot of people celebrating on Twitter because when he came back, he said, oh, we were all on the same page. I, I, I was on the same page with the Belfast staff, the coaching staff. We were all working together. I needed this time to, to get right. But if you remember, if you go back to media day, uh, Jenkins and, and Zach Kleiman kind of said, uh, I can't remember what the timeline was. It'd be, he'd be a month, maybe a month and a half into the season that he'd probably be back. We'd work him back in. And they talked to Jaron at that time, and Jaron was like basically saying, I'm ready to go right now. I'm kind of perplexed on why they're saying this because I could go right now. Then you fast forward three or four months down the line, and he's still not back. And mm-hmm. when he comes back, he said, Oh, well, we were always on the same page. I don't buy it, man. I, you, you can put it on sale, you can put it on clearance. I, I don't buy it. I, I think he's just been a company man, and he's just just saying the saying the company line. I think that's what it is. I think Jaron, I still believe that Jaron could have came back months before he came back. But that's beside the point. That's just what they what they do. Fast forward to this season, I just kind of thought they would grow out of this. Like when the timeline evolved, they're, they're a playoff team now, and you just kind of change this philosophy a little bit. But nope, they're not doing it. And I had a conversation. Shout out to my guy Daniel Greer on Twitter. We were kind of talk about this this morning. And he says he thinks it's great the way to handle it, blah, blah, blah. But my thing with it is, with the Grizzlies and injuries, they already slow walk these guys. When they come back, if, if they were playing on another team, they'd probably be back two weeks. He would have been back a week, two weeks before now. So you know they've already been extremely cautious. So he comes back plays and, and, and scores 20 points, looks like Dylan, just like you said. you got a day off in between. Why, why are you resting them? Like, I don't. I don't get it. You don't see any other team do this. And then you made this point of why why you got to bring him out the bench. What difference does it make whether they're what the starters been started? He's a starter. He's going to be a starter. So when he comes back, start him. And either you're back or you're not. Like, I don't get it. I mean, they, he kind of explained it. I, I heard him uh, today uh, before the game was kind of saying it's conditioning. And, I mean, I don't I don't know, man. I, I, I just don't get it. Like, I don't understand. These guys are young. It's not like these are vet guys. Like, they've been in the league 10, 12, 13 years. These yeah. are young guys. If he's back and he's ready, he scored 20 points. Not like he was out there struggling or anything. I just don't understand why he didn't play tonight. And I, Daniel kind of ripped me a little bit. He was like, oh, yeah, what he would have won if they had Dylan. I was like, that still doesn't have anything to do with the, the philosophy. I just disagree with their philosophy on how they handle injuries. But, I mean, it is, is what it is. And, and we know that's what they're going to do when guys get injured. They're going to slow walk them and take the time. And I guess, I mean, I guess it can play off in certain situations, but I just think it's goofy. Like, this situation, like, I don't think there's any reason Dylan couldn't play tonight. I mean, back-to-back, I mean, that's what you do in the NBA. You play back-to-back. These young guys, I, I think they should have played tonight. That's just yeah. me. <laughs> and and I, I don't mind that so much, but, put you know, put him on a minutes restriction. If that's, you know, if it is conditioning, put him on a minutes restriction. Put him out there but, and play him 18 to 20 minutes. And a not starting thing, like you said, that is yeah, it's extremely goofy. Like, what? Why? Like, I, if you're, I don't get it, man. To me, it's throwing it off more. If he's coming off of the bench, it's throwing things yeah, off it, more. It makes it even more of a putting him out there. And yeah. how many times did we ask Coach Jenkins last year in, in the media, how many times did we ask him, when is Jaron starting? When is Jaron starting? When is Jaron starting? And you know that he had to get tired of hearing that question. 
just starting, man. Like, what, what do you are you punishing us because we're asking you when he's starting? What what is going on with it? It, it just it, it's it's so freaking weird to me, man. I like you killed me with the whole put it on clearance thing. I, yeah, man, you put it. I'm not biased, yeah. man. I I just think you've been a company man. I really do. Like you had yeah. all these people. Like, see, see, I told you. Like he he had, you. Were, I was right. He had to be out there long. I still don't believe it. Like I, I believe he could have came back. I mean, you saw him. I think back in January, he was working out, didn't have a knee brace on anymore. And again, mm-hmm. this man, I heard this man say during media day that he was ready to go then. So, like, I don't I don't know, man. I don't know what their agenda behind the scenes, what that is, but they're extremely weird with how they handle these injuries. It's like it's like a big I, secret. They don't tell you anything. It's just, I, I don't know. They're not, they're not transparent with it. It's just weird. I know that I went to a game. The forum, they initially started with the limited crowd last year, and then they cut that off. So, like, it started with the limited crowd, and then they cut it off for a while and then eventually brought it back. I went to a game when they first started with the limited crowd before they cut it off and brought it back, and Jaron was warming up without a knee brace at that game. And I'm like, man, he he's going to be back. You know, I, I'm thinking December at the latest, He, you know, he, we're – End of December, he he's going to be coming back, and no, it, it was I don't even remember when he made his debut. But yeah, it was like I think late February, almost March, yeah. uh, when, when when he came back. It's it was weird, man. And, and again, I still think because I like I said, you see him out there warming up for games, he was dunking at everything. I'm like, this dude could be, dude could be playing. Like, what's going on? Like, and I think even and it, it was weird because they kind of changed what they were saying. Like, I think maybe a month and a half, a month and a half, two months before he came back, they were saying, oh well, he's in practice. Uh, but he's he's doing this in practice. He's ramping it up. He's gonna be this and that. And then they came back and like, I don't know. They said it wasn't a setback or anything like that. I don't I don't know, man. The timeline on that was weird because I mean they even there was even a point where they said that if they had continued in the bubble, that there was a possibility that he could have even came back then. So I'm like, how are we like the next year into February and he's still not back yet? I don't I don't know. It's it's crazy, man. Yeah, yeah, you got me. <laughs> Man, I'm, I I guess we're ready to get out of here. And you got anything else you want to talk about before we go? Oh man, just uh, back to back, man. Gonna be in New Orleans, take it on the Pelicans. Brandon Ingram did not go tonight. I think he was questionable, so he could could play tomorrow night. But they've been going extremely small. Uh, they're starting uh, Devontae Graham at point guard, the kill Alexander Walker shooting guard, Josh Hart at small forward, and they're playing Garrett Temple at the four uh, along with JV. So they're extremely small. Uh, Brendan Ingram comes back. I think that'll change. Gary Temple might come off the bench uh, if he comes back. But, yeah, man, they're starting him at the four. So, if that's the case, you you got to exploit that matchup. And I, I do want to say I do want to say that that I, I don't think – and, again, I'm not on this fire Taylor Jenkins thing. I think he's a young coach, and he's learning along. But I, I don't think the Grizzlies do as good of a job as they should of getting Jaron involved. And I also mm-hmm. don't think they do as good of a job as they should exploit mismatches. I think other teams do a better job of it. I think we have mismatches at times, and they don't go to them. Uh, and, I, and I don't understand that. But Jaron, some of it is on him, but I, I don't think they do the greatest job of getting him involved. Like, if you watch, if you were an outsider and didn't know Jaron was supposed to be that number two guy on this team, you wouldn't even know that by the way they run offense. They, they, they don't run a lot of stuff for him. It's like most of the time when – he gets stuff is off a broken play or he comes back and hits that trail three, but you don't really see them running plays for him. I would like to see them run more plays for him on the inside. I mean, he's going to get his three-point shots, but as far as his inside baskets, I just don't think they do enough. Get some two-man game going 
with him and John, especially if Garrett Temple starting at, at, at the four tomorrow night. I mean, they need to export that for sure. Yeah. And you know, that it goes back that they had that issue last year as well. There'd be times when they'd get a switch with JV in the post and he'd have a guard on him. I know and they don't get they, they the would ball shoot, he would never touch the ball. Yeah. And I, it, it, it I don't drives know. me nuts, man. I, I don't get it. That's something I feel like that's hammered in your head from a young age of if you get a miss a mismatch, you get the guy the ball. You know, whether you get a if you get a big switched out on a guard on the perimeter and that guard can break him down off the dribble, you clear it out so you get an ISO situation. Or if you get a big with the guard in the post, you make the necessary passes to get the get that, you know, the big, the ball down there. And they, they definitely that's uh that's something I don't know exactly what they need to do to fix that, but that they need to do something for sure. So We'll go ahead and get out of here. We appreciate you guys tuning in. You can find the show on Twitter at HootballGrizz. I'm at DWill2111. Isaac, go ahead and let them know where you can find where they can find you. Sorry, I'm stumbling here at the end. <laughs> let them know where they can find you and get us out of here, man. Yeah, man, it's a long one after a loss, man. We usually don't go this long after a loss. Usually pretty quick. Uh, not, not a lot to say after a loss, man, but we've been, we're pretty long tonight. But you can find me on Twitter at Isaac underscore Rivals, I-S-A-A-C underscore Rivals. Go over to at Football Grizz, give us a follow there. Really appreciate it, man. And right back at it uh, tomorrow night, man, back-to-back. So they'll be taking on the Pelicans, and hopefully they can get off this slide, man. Two-game two losing streak, uh, Pelicans 1-12. I mean, that's been our Achilles heel, man. Has not been able to beat that team in, in a while. So hopefully that comes to an end tomorrow night. We'll see if Brandon England is able to go. But, yeah, man, enjoy the game tomorrow night. And we'll talk to you then. It's been for David. It's been our interception of Football Grizz. We go. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.